Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to episode 81. Today I am interviewing Evan Marshall, who is a cultural engineer. He's also the VP of Partnerships of Black Menswear. The mission of Black Menswear is to improve the perception of the Black man and encourage positivity within the community. Representation matters, and so the focus of Black menswear is on changing the negative narrative used by the media reflecting our culture to inspire the next generation of their true potential. Evan believes every brand and person has a story to tell, and that we all desire to tap into the creative juices within us. However, we struggle to uncover the narrative that defines us. His passion enables people and brands to quench their creative thirst by bringing their stories to life. Evan has worked with Toyota, AT&T, Belk, Nike, NASCAR, Bevel, Infinity, Pop-Tarts, Pringles, Cheez-It, Morningstar Farms, Mary Kay, Kingsford, Indochino, Thai Bar, Shea Moisture, Cantu, and many more. In today's episode with Evan, we talk about all the amazing things Black Menswear is doing for our community. And I just know you're going to enjoy this episode. If you are a patron, be sure to check out the video podcast of today's episode because there are lots of visuals. And if you're not a patron, definitely check out Look on the Bright Side over on Patreon so that you can watch the video as well. The links will be down in the description of this episode. All right, let's get into it. I'm Janelle B. Stewart, and I love to laugh, dance, and travel, but what I do best is talk. I'm here using my gift to inspire and empower you to live a life filled with positivity and abundance. Welcome to the Look on the Bright Side podcast. This episode is brought to you by Jessie Monroe Nail Care. Jessie Monroe Nail Care is a black woman-owned business offering vegan nail polishes that all can wear. There are so many beautiful, vibrant, highly pigmented colors for you to choose from. I have so many of their polishes in my collection, so let me help you out by giving you three of my favorite colors. First is Come Through, next is Polar Bear, and last is Keep It Mellow. Go and check out jessiemonroenailcare.com and use code BRIGHTSIDE20 to save 20% on your entire order, excluding bundles. So I want to start off with a question so that my audience can know from your perspective, how did we get connected, if you remember? What? Clubhouse. Yeah. We were in the same club. You know what I'm saying? We were in the same club. I don't know what the exact It was Candace Janae. Okay. Yep. She was hosting one of the rooms that she was doing before um, around like influencers or something like that. And um, that's how I got to meet you for the first time. And I loved your approach. I love how you, from your perspective, working with the brands, just everything you were about for helping the creator understand what a brand partnership relationship should look like. But most importantly, how do you set yourself up to get the best experience and then um, also 
like monetizing yourself what you should be looking for. So not many people working with the brands are doing that for influencers. And so we kind of struggled through figuring that out, you know, learning as we go and making bad mistakes. And I remember in one of your rooms, it was myself, it was Sarah, and then two other women. Um, and one of them had shared, like, she was a part of a, um, I want to say a campaign with maybe TV or print. And she was basically like not paid well because she just didn't know these things. And she was excited to be um, associated with the brand. So, Yeah. Yeah, agreed. That was that is where we met. Um, to your point in terms of trying to transfer knowledge, I think, I think that kind of comes to be hundred percent frank. A lot of people that are on the brand side, that are on the agency side, that are, that are the marketers, they've mm. never created a piece of content in, in their life. Mm. I was just telling, having a conversation with somebody literally last night about the concept of how you'll see an email like, "Oh, do you mind if you know you just throw a little reel in there for us as well?" Uh, and it's like, clearly just ask somebody like, do you mind making an additional reel for us? I means you've actually never created a reel because none of that is one take. Like the reel is a lot of work, especially for the quality with that for you, that person for you to request it. That means this person is a really good reel creator. So that reel probably took no, no as the kids say, no cap, two right. or three hours, right. right? And if they're really, really good, minimum 45 minutes. So mm -hmm. for you to, for you to even think that I can just say, throwing a reel on top means that you've never actually created this content. And a lot of times that's what happens. Mm -hmm. And that's not, a, and that's not, doesn't mean they're bad at their jobs because they're really smart business people. Cause you remember today, the advertiser and the brand's job is not to work with the creator. Their job is to make money. Mm -hmm. So they have a bottom line they have to hit and they're probably really, really well versed in doing that. They know how to do that really well. Yeah. But that being said, that is the world, the world they live in. A lot of them probably went to business school. <laughs> they didn't act. They're not creatives. They're type A personalities where a lot of creators are type B personalities. Mm -hmm. So because of that, they don't have the connectivity between them to be able to be like, how do we work together? So as a person, I, I like to call myself an ABBA. I'm like an ABBA. Like I border, <laughs> I blur the line between the two of them. Uh, so understanding the trials and tribulations that those creatives have is like, what can I do to increase this transference of knowledge to make it easier for everybody so they can kind of help communicate better? And if they can communicate better, then obviously they'll have uh, the work will be better. Yeah, that that's true. Um, and I think the perspective that you just brought, I also think that from the other side, creators. Um, they we don't think about the fact that they're not creators. So sometimes because it just comes across like just do this little thing for me and then we take offense to it. But if we just remember like they're not creators, so they don't know all that goes into it. And then just keep that in mind when talking and negotiating because they just they just don't know. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. So Evan, I want to take a moment to, you know, we've already been getting into the juicy bits and my <laughs> audience doesn't even know who you are yet. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is you do. Uh, yes, uh, my name is Evan Marshall. I like to fancy myself as a cultural engineer. Uh, my alter ego is Mansoor Noir. Uh, when I'm in Latin America, I'm Diablo Bennett. You know, when I'm, on my, when I'm out here, uh, out here, outside, uh, but nah, but yeah. Um, um, Lily, my job is to make impact over influence. Uh, by trade, I'm the vice president of partnerships at Black Menswear. Our mission is to change the narrative of how men of color are portrayed in the media. Mm. We are the originators of the flash mob. So if you've ever seen that content going viral, you know, with 200, 250 men in suits, um, that is us. Uh, we've had, you know, Taraji P. Henson reposted us. Sheila E. reposted us a couple of weeks ago. Diddy, 
Uh, we were there's a new show, got a shameless plug on Discovery Plus right now called Profile the Black Man that Miss Tina Knows Lawson uh, produced that came out February 12th. We're featured in that. Uh, us with Mac Wilds, um, Sway's in there, DeRay McKeeson in there, a lot of pretty prominent people in that as well. So we're featured in that. So that's pretty cool. Just wrapped up a 10 city global tour. Uh, we have six cities that we're hitting this year. So uh, check out our website, check out our Instagram, uh, at Black Menswear is our Instagram handle. Check out our website, uh, weareblackmenswear.com. We will have our content listed on there. Um, and hopefully you can join us in one of these. Yes. Well, if you are watching on Patreon, I'm scrolling through the Black Menswear page now. And most of my listeners are women that are either married or dating men, if that's their uh, personal preference. Um, so definitely share these pa this page with the men in your life. And if you're not in a relationship with a man, you may have a brother or a cousin or a coworker or your father, whomever is near you, definitely share this page. Um, and you can see some examples here of just how amazing it is. You were saying something about a video. Is that video on the page right now? Did I pass it? Oh, uh, if you scroll up, scroll up. Okay, scroll I'm up, at the top. Up. Let me go to the top. Scroll down okay. a little bit. I'm going to have to tell you. Yes, right there. The one on the right with the guy kissing. That is actually Edo. Okay. So this is a, okay. one of the trailers from the show from Discovery Plus that we originally featured. In. Oh, this is so dope. Have you seen our feature in profile, The Black Man Yet? You can stream it anytime through Discovery Plus and Amazon Video. Yes, this is so awesome. Yes, this is your partner that's on the that does the podcast, right? Yes, okay. correct. Andre Broussard. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> yeah. And the cool thing about it, so, you know, that's Beyonce mama. So I think Beyonce saw our content. You know what I'm saying? Sly Flex. That's a little bit, <laughs> most you know likely she did, honestly. Because yeah, you know, most likely she you did. know she's checking out her mom's page. 100%. She gonna watch her mama show. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? She gonna watch her mama show. So that means Beyonce. Yes, it. of course. That's so dope. I'm so proud of you guys and everything that you all are doing. Um, so tell me, why are you so passionate about what it is you doing, you're doing? Oh, wow. That's a, I can take that in a couple of different ways. Take it all the um, ways. <laughs> I would say, well, the true essence of why we started this is because, um, and what Neander like to tell the story, it kind of happened uh, after Philando Castile. Mm. Um, if you look at that individual situation, that's the situation where he quote unquote did everything right. Mm -hmm. He was pulled over. He was polite. He was respectful. He told the he told the police officer, "Hey, I have a license to carry." Mm. He did not even reach for the weapon, but as soon as he told them that he had it, it was boom, 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 mm. right with his daughter in the back. So what that was kind of like. So that kind of had us kind of think, okay, well, if that happened to us, what would be the legacy that we leave? Part one. Part two, a lot of times, and you guys have kind of seen it as well, and other companies have done this, when you Googled uh, black men, especially going back four to five years, there just wasn't a lot of positive imagery showing up on Google when you were doing the basic Google searches. So I was like, okay, so how do one, how do we put content out there to kind of help change some of those Google, Google searches? Part two, how do we create safe spaces uh, for us to kind of come together and highlight, you know, uh, that black excellence isn't only rooted in rappers, athletes, and entertainers. Part of the reason that they feel that way by Philando Castile, and you look at it like we work with a guy named Doc Iggy all the time. He went viral a couple of times because he had this meme that says, hated in a hoodie, hero with the knife. Because mm. he's actually an orthopedic surgeon. So when I actually have a knife in my hand, I'm a hero mm. because it's Doc Iggy, you need me, right? I, you need, I need you. I need you to do surgery on me. But when I'm walking down the street and I got a hoodie on, 
Now you hate mm. it, hate me, right? So it's like, you shouldn't see the booth. I shouldn't have to have a lab coat on for you to see that. Right. But at the same time, because you don't hear those stories about black doctors. So what we try to do is kind of create hot situations with black doctors, lawyers, engineers. And also it's honestly, the best thing about it also just really is a safe place for black men to kind of connect as well. Um, the concept, no, not hating on the barbershop, but the concept of like, that's the only place where black men congregate is no longer the case um, for a lot of us. A lot of us are trying to be more, proactive and trying to seek safe places and places they can kind of communicate, discuss health and wellness, just going to therapy and things of that nature. So we can kind of curate spaces around that. Um, that's one of the things we're really passionate yeah. about. So. The story of Philando Castile has affected so many people and, um, you know, really just what all Black men and Black families are going through in society today. So I love that you're working as a trailblazer to change the visual and the narrative around what Black men look like. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Now, during this journey... I imagine that there's probably been a lot of things that you noticed about yourself or you and the men that you're working with and bringing all of these beautiful men together. I would love to know what is something surprising that you learned about yourself and about this experience or during this experience? Ooh, that I learned about myself. Uh, it's that God blesses you so you can bless others. Uh, and I would say that because one of the, th we tell the story, not often, but one of the things that's really prominent to me, there's a guy, um, named TJ. So last year we did a 10 city mm -hmm. tour, uh, TJ on his own dime flew to seven of them. Uh, the reason he did is cause he's actually a juvenile's correction officer. So the reason he, he came to all of these is because he looked at it. I'm a juvenile correctional officer. Obviously a lot of the kids he worked with, they're not bad kids. You know, they're come from unfortunate situations where they, 12, 13, 14, literally fending for themselves. Mm -hmm. So they got in trouble because they're the only one taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. But the only person that they see that looks like them on a regular basis is TJ. So they're excited now that TJ's coming to these events because, oh, TJ, you going to Chicago this month? TJ, you going to Philly this month? You going to LA this month? And they're why? Because they get to see other black men that look like yeah. them. They, he, lives, he lives in Savannah, Georgia. So he, they, they get to see other black men that look like them and expose them to things that they might not have access to and exposure to. So that's like an example of like, God blesses you so you can bless others. That's me indirectly blessing those people by creating this in safe spaces that I actually didn't know about. I would say that's one. I would say another thing I learned about myself too is that uh, the trials and tribulations that bid us into a business, we're doing quite well. One thing that we take a lot of pride in, we don't charge in all of our events. Our events are free. Mm. None of the men that kind of come to those pay for anything. Now you can pay. If you want an individual photo shoot at the end, you have the right to pay for that. And that, that money goes directly to the photographer. But all the events we do are free. All of, all of our financing comes from brand partnerships and storytelling and content creation on their behalf. Also, one thing as well, none of that is rooted around the men as well. So we're also not literally pimping these men out and having brands come and taking advantage of them. That's one of the things we take really big pride in as well. Yeah, I remember when we've chatted um, outside of this space, you've talked to me about how when you are negotiating brand partnerships, you're reminding them about these men and these men have families, these men have responsibilities and advocating for them. Tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, so that's one of the cool things about it. So we've kind of built this thing from the ground up in terms of a couple of different ways. One, uh, we actually do have a black male influencer roster of about 30 different guys that we negotiate deals on their behalf. Uh, that kind of created a space because um, as we discussed uh, how we originally met, I was on the brand side, on the agency side. So I understood the trials and tribulations that is trying to find uh, black male talent. A lot of people don't know mm-hmm. only 16% of paid sponsors are actually got created by men. 16% wow. across all platforms in general. So, wow. um, so when you think about that, so like imagine that if you were brand and you trying to find men creators in general, also, if you put like the layer, like a lot of times you want men that actually represent this because a lot of brands knowing that will speak to you because they know a lot of men will buy what their wife buys for them. Yeah. Right. So knowing that's one. And then two, it's like, okay, someone working with somebody's guy, like, well, how are you working with brands? Honestly, I don't. I don't have a manager. I don't have an agent. I don't I actually don't work with brands unless they're DMing me. So the brands don't have these guys. And then the guys don't have access to them. Well, mm-hmm. if I do, why don't I create some sort of synergy between the two of them and facilitate on that on their behalf? So we've actually, um, over the past um, literally 12 months, we've made over $150,000 for the guys that we work with in terms of revenue. Wow. Uh, I work with some of the brands such as Amazon, eBay watches, Despresso, AT&T, uh, Dallas Mavericks, Corona, uh, Martel, just to name a few. And that takes, and we just, we take pride in that because like the influence is not getting created. That's also a photographer getting created. That's a videographer getting paid. So now mm-hmm. you're paying people's rents. And as black people, that's how you develop an ecosystem. And the yes. more money we can kind of create, keep in this creative ecosystem, that's what we're really passionate about. So. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. There, you know, there's so many um, avenues of what people can do with fashion, and this is just like, this is political, this is cultural, this is economical, this is creative, and it's fashion, <laughs> like all into one. I love this. This but, is, but, but, this but, is but, crazy. No, all of that is blackness in one, right? right? All of that is blackness in one. We're all of those things, right? We're all, yeah. we are the drivers of culture. We are the drivers. Like when you think about who are the leading people in fashion today, you think of Rihanna. ASAP Rocky, Kanye West, uh, uh, Beyonce, right? They're all black people, right? Mm-hmm. Pharrell still, even going younger, Little Nas X, right? They're <laughs> all black people. Zendaya, like that's who you think of. Like those mm-hmm. are the leading faces. But at the same time, they lead a fashion world, but they're also socioeconomic drivers. They're the culture drivers. They're the economic drivers. Like the, we are all of that. Like we are the, 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 the purveyors of cool, Right. So like, and that's what these brands um, understand. Like, I got need to understand. Yeah. Is there anything that you feel people misunderstand about what you're doing or is every, as is it all love all the time? Oh, it's not all love all the time. Uh, Instagram loves us. TikTok loves us. Black Twitter be going in on us to be sometimes. Oh, no. sometimes. They be going in on us sometimes. Um, I think, but honestly, it's, um, I don't want, how do I, was it? It's a lot of projection. Okay. So, because what happens a lot of times, what, what, what crazy thing what happens is like that when we go viral on Twitter, mm-hmm. it's never from our handle. What always happens is somebody else who like screenshot it from a TikTok or recorded it from that, and they go in and we get these comments like, "Here comes the brunch brigade," or "Here comes this," or like, "Here comes these." So I'll give you hundred percent trust. So last time this happened probably about 
probably about uh, a month ago, we had a video going viral and it, like you had all these people just hating. So I responded like, hey, like, and this is a lot of projection to where this woman was like, literally like, okay, here are like, look at all these women haters in this video. And it's like, I'm like, well, where'd she get that from? Exactly. It's like, you don't know anybody in this video. Um, and then she's like, I'm like, well, so I always say to this, and I firmly believe this, like, okay, we always talk about black boy joy. Like, end of the day, what's wrong with just 200 black, even if it is just about the suits, what's wrong with just 200 black men coming together and smiling and having a good time for an hour and a half? With all we, everything that we deal with, what's wrong with that? That should be enough, mm-hmm. right? If it's, we do more than that, but that in itself of creating space for men to come together, dap each other up, smile, have a good time for an hour and a half. Think about it. We do that. We don't got no food. Right. We don't got no drink. We don't got no women. Like, so like, so people, that, the guys come in, they want to be here, yeah. right? We're not selling them anything. We're not incentivizing them to say, hey, let's go get on all these women. Let's go get drunk in the club. This is 10 a.m. on a Saturday morning, right? They're choosing to be here. Why? Because they want to be with around other men and they want to, we have guys that are flying to because they want to connect them. So not only did she say that, women haters, she's like, she's like, she called us uh, rascals. She called us evil. She said we were, she said you guys are destroying our communities. And it's like, you're doing, you're making all these assertions and assumptions off of seeing a video that she said, you literally don't know anybody in this video. And I'm like, she's like, well, you're mad. I'm like, I'm not mad. You have every right to feel the way you feel. If you don't like our content, I have no problem with that. That's what people just, don't people just aren't gonna like what you do. But at the same time, for you, to, and, it's, and what makes me sad is that I can clearly tell somebody had hurt her. And mm-hmm. I feel bad for her. And I really, as somebody empathetic, I really pray for her well-being. And I'm not trying to be right. uh, misogynist to talk down or mansplain or anything like that. I genuinely do care for yeah. her because for you to see anything outside of us and to be like, all the people, they're women haters and you're defending yourself, calling them rascals and saying they're destroying our communities. And then the, the, that's a very aggressive when you don't know anybody in this video. So that happens from time to time. But then at the end of the day, when we say that they ain't hating, you ain't popping, right? <laughs> so it's like, we do enough of what we do. It's enough people that kind of come out. Everybody that comes has a good time. The women love bringing their kids. We actually wish we had more kids show up. Yeah. We actually wish we, wish we had more preteens and teenagers. Uh, that's one thing I would love to have more people come. If you have a preteen or teenager, would love for them to come. Mm-hmm. A lot of people come, even in that photo you showed in Miami earlier this year, like they'll bring the four, five, six, seven, eight, nine year old, continue to bring them. I'm not saying we don't yeah. want them there as well, but would love to have the 14, 15, 16, 17 year old as well, because that those are the ones that can really be, uh, the impression will be felt more immediately on them yeah. uh, being around those guys. Than the younger guys, the younger the younger kids needed too. But I'm just saying, like I would love we'd have love to have more preteens and teenagers there as well. Yeah. So this particular picture, these look like some youngins. Oh, uh, so the, exactly, these are all teenagers. Yeah. So that's a good one. And that's from New York. And that's from New yeah. York. How do they get their children or you know the men in their lives to be a part of these flash mobs in the next year and this year, next year, and so on? What's the process? So this year we are doing New Orleans, uh, Baltimore. Uh, Ghana, Nigeria, Toronto, Toronto, and uh, Miami. Um, Our first one will be um, in New Orleans, uh, March 24th. We just put up the link um, and actually be in our link tree uh, on our website today. You can go to Event Noir. Uh, We have a page. Shout out Event Noir. Event Noir is a company similar to Eventbrite, but is black owned. 
Uh, it is owned by a guy named Jeff Asuji. They actually won uh, the Mountain Dew uh, Startup Prize 2021, won a million dollar startup for that. So anybody has a, has, that hosts events, that's doing any sort of networking, uh, register your register your event on Event Noir versus Eventbrite. They 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 pay better. They pay out better. Less lower service fees if you're actually selling tickets to your event. Our event get it free, but if you're somebody that's selling fifty dollars, their service fees is lower than Eventbrite. Uh, so I encourage you to do that because in the day, Eventbrite ain't making you no money. Yeah. So if you go get the money to somebody else, might as well give it to a black owned business yeah. as well. So it's called Event Noir. Um, so yeah, March twenty sixth, we're going to be in New Orleans. Um, it's free to register. Pull up. Uh, check out the link in our bio for that. It will be Baltimore uh, after March. We'll be in Baltimore in May. Um, and then we will do Ghana and Nigeria in July, Toronto in September. Um, and then we have a small one we're doing in Dallas in November. And then we are doing Miami in December. Okay. And is um, is the, the way you best need support from the community to be a part of it? Or is there something else that they can do? Ooh, that's a good question. No, I would say, yeah, be a part of it. Spread the word. We like to say we're the most known unknown, right? <laughs> yeah, so like everybody knows who we are. Um, we don't always know who we are. We got to come out. We got a couple of different products dropping this year. Uh, we just released a hat with the guys wear brims. This is not the hat, but they make this hat as well. This is the only black owned hat brand. Um, in oh, I think I, I think I was showing it before. Is it the white hat? Yep. We just, okay. we just dropped that. Uh, we just dropped that. Yeah. Uh, we have a wine coming out uh, with a black female owned winery out of Napa uh, called the gentleman that drops in April. Um, it is a cab Syrah blend. So that will be coming out. So um it's a two pack. We're selling the two packs for forty five dollars. So good, moderate price point on it. It's pretty good. I would encourage you to check that out. Let me just take one second to let you guys know that the wine that Evan is talking about, called the Gentleman, actually drops this Friday, April twenty second, twenty twenty two. After a day spent raising corporate standards, breaking down cultural barriers, and crushing personal goals, it's time to head home to your favorite post-boardroom blend, The Gentleman. Liven up your palate with a rich, full-bodied experience with pops of black cherry, wild blackberries, and spices hung on a tannic frame, stored on your bar cart or ready in a decanter to set the scene. This gentleman understands there are levels to this. Crafted by black men for all kings and queens of the culture, the gentleman, liquid luxury. Make sure you stop by my description box to check out the details on how you can purchase the gentleman. Um, and then obviously, you know, check out some of our content. We have a YouTube series called Dapper Conversations. We have a podcast called The Check-In. So, you know, just tap all the way in. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, the to your point earlier about the woman that's hating, like when you tap in, like people are really know like, we do a lot more than just the flash mob. People are like, mm-hmm. oh, it's just this. It's like, no, if you, the people that follow us, no, we have a lot mm-hmm. going on, whether it's products, whether it's YouTube series, whether it's the con- influence that we work with, uh, whether it's the podcast, uh, we have a lot of different things coming out. Yes. So um, if you're watching on the Patreon video, um, I'm showing you all the different platforms. Definitely tap in so you can see what's going on. And this is this is our time to support the our community. And so every little bit um, helps. Let me let me go ahead and do my job. Let me subscribe. I'm subscribed. Um, listen to the podcast. Follow them on Instagram. Do all the things um, that you need to do in order to support this 
organization of Black men coming out, changing the narrative, doing everything they can to change the way people view our community. Um, and they do it flashy. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, I have a question around... Um, how is it that you stay positive? How do you look on the bright side? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh. Okay. I always try to remember that the best of me and the worst of me is the same me. Mm. So uh, you, I say that because if you look on the bright side, it's like, end of the day, it's like, you, go, you mean... You have your ups and downs. You have your flaws. But at the end of the day, like if you stay authentic to your authentic to yourself, you lead with positive intention. At the end of the day, the best of you and the worst of you is the same you. So then that way you can't ever really beat yourself and get up, upset over it. Two sides of the same coin. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They both, if it's a quarter, it's still going to, it's still going to be 25 yes. cents, right? So Evan, how do you want to be remembered? Wow. Um... That's a good one. I want to be remembered as somebody that moves moves the culture forward. Um, I fancy myself as a cultural engineer. Uh, one of the things I like to say is that if you look at from um, June 19th, 1865, when we were Juneteenth, we became free from slaves. Then you fast forward to the uh, Voting Rights Act of 1965. And then that technically that made us separate or not separate, but equal because now we had the right to vote. So you're thinking, what am I doing now to make an impact in 2065? So we got a hundred year time span in each of those 1865, 1965 to 2065. I want to be remembered that I did everything I could to make an impact so that the culture, and I don't need a statue, nothing like that, just felt is in a better place in some capacity um, in 2065. How would you describe your journey to entrepreneurship thus far? Oh, wow. Uh, my journey to it? To, to it, through it, to going, now? Going through it right now. <laughs> and now I know what, when Biggie Small said, more money, more problems. <laughs> now I know what he's talking about, right? Because uh, I don't let's be 100%. Now when you start making more money, uh, people change, right? Um, some people don't get the big picture. Uh, like some people are are focused on the right now versus the long-term goal. Um, I had a conversation with a mentee today. He's like, hey, how's your biz dev capabilities? Like now it's like, okay, when you realize, I think one of the things you got to realize is you're building a business owner, especially is, there's a difference between being an entrepreneur and a self-employee. A lot of times people want to be an entrepreneur, but they're not an entrepreneur. They're a self-employee. An entrepreneur is a business owner. What does a business owner do? You empower your employees to be the best version of themselves. You empower employees. You hire people. You work with people who have skill sets that you don't have to do it best. If you're not a finance person, don't be trying to do your finances. Pay the money to this, hire a CFO, right? If you, like you got your podcast right now, like there are audio engineers out there. That's their job is to mix and master this, right? If you a videographer, why are you sitting down doing the edits on the video? Yeah, money might be tight and do what you got to do, but it will be better long-term if you pay them for multiple pieces. One, the work will be more efficient. You know, what do they always say? Jack of all trades, master mm -hmm. of none. Right. So if you're trying to do everything else, it's not going to be as good as it could be because you one, that's not your skill set. Two, you even if you are 
good at all those things, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to efficiently do all those things at the same time. Two, empowering others helps you scale this business further because those people have different ideas, they have different ideations, different skill sets, different networks that can help bring value add to your business. And three, if you can't take a day off and you can't take a break, you a self-employee, you still work for the man, the man's just you. That's the only thing that's different. Like you still work for the man, the man's just you. Like if you own a coffee shop and you can't go to Punta Cana or Tulum for two weeks and still be making money, then you still work for the man. You working for Starbucks, right? Because you asking for time off, <laughs> right? But if you an entrepreneur, you you in Tulum and hey, don't even hit me up. The manager of the coffee shop, you figure this out, right? That's what an entrepreneur does. A self-employee is still having to request time off from themselves because they have to get back and manage this coffee shop. Oh, that is so freaking good. What you were just saying at the end... Um reminded me of this tweet that I did. I'm going to see if I can find it. This was this was one of the one of the few tweets that I've ever had that has gone completely viral, like absolute viral. Not like a lot of people just saw it, but a lot of people just saw it. It was this one and I was just like, "Whoa." So, I wrote, "I used to think getting the seven figures was the epitome of success." I realized this wasn't even my goal. It was someone else's goal I took on. Me being able to take my entire birthday month off because I want to is the epitome of success. This is my goal and I love it. And I wrote this because coming into 2022, I had um, decided that I... What uh, what's your sign? Oh, I'm a Pisces. I'm an Aquarius. I, so you know we got we right there, kind of in yes. the same vein. Shout out, happy happy birthday, yes. Pisces queen. Thank you, so. thank you. But I wrote this because coming into 2022, I was beginning to feel like a self employee, as you described. Like I was feeling like, oh my god, I can't, I can't take a break. I'm trying to get to the seven figures, and before the goal was set to get to seven figures in one fiscal year, um, I was able to take the breaks. I was doing the things with my family, yep. going to the summer thing. And then once I set my mind on, oh, I, I, I guess I have to get to seven figures in a year. Like that's the, that's supposed to be the next thing for me to scale to seven figures. Everything changed and I, I hated it. And so I said, um, I know that I will probably get to seven figures in one fiscal year sooner or later. And over the course of my career, if you add up all 12 years, I've made multiple millions. I, I'm I'm good. I'm comfortable. I want to be able to have the freedom to make my own choices around how I spend my time. And so I wrote this tweet because I decided I was going to take March off. And I was like, that's success. Because who could do that? Like, who could just be like, I'm right. off for a month? 100%. <laughs> 100%. No, that really is, to your point, that is success, right? You know, and why it says? Because it's freeing. Mm-hmm. That's why it's success because you're choosing, literally defining what you're going to do. It doesn't matter. Hey, uh, McDonald's, Pepsi want to call you with a $250,000 deal? Nah, I'm good, right? The the ability to say, no, I don't want to do this and understand like uh, emotionally you're key. That's the key. And it's not even financially. Like it's not, yes, you are financially stable to be able to say that, but you can do that. Honestly, you know, heck, if you don't like your job now and you got, 2K in the saving, you could pay your rent for the month. Take the time off because that emotionally could be best for you in terms of spiritually, emotionally to level set and move forward. That is freeing. That is success because honestly, a lot of people that are chasing those millions, chasing those seven figures, you actually don't have time, time off to be able to do it. So, yeah. and I, I love that. That is, that's a, 
Ooh, that's good. That's great. Uh, that's great. Uh, I guess I, I would ask it to then, then, um, who was the person that you got that seven figure for? Like, who was it that was like, oh, seven figures was that, that marker for you? Because I wanted to keep the podcast more focused on Evan, I decided to remove my response and I went on to talk about the other course creators that I admire and our mentors from afar and how that led me to feel like seven figures was the goal. Now, if you wanna hear that discussion, I left it in the video version of the podcast. And if you become a friend or up patron, you'll be able to hear that discussion. So now we're gonna hear Evan's response to what I said, and he is going to talk about his love-hate relationship with Drake. Right, that's why I was like, I got a love hate relationship with Drake, <laughs> right? Because he be at working on the weekend like usual. They're like, I ain't done my taxes. I'm too like, no, Drake, no, that is not. not a good thing. Do your taxes, Drake. Do your taxes, Drake. That is not a good thing. It's like, yes, if you working on the weekend and yes. you choose to work on the weekend, but like the way you saying it is like that ain't really what it's, it's not goals. Be. But I also, <laughs> yeah, it's not goals. But uh, to that point, on one thing, and I, we can wrap up with this. I find it very interesting. Um, I did two and a half weeks in in France in November, and I'm actually looking to move back to France, and my lease is up um, in June, looking to move there for a month. Uh, the reason it, it really impacted me, because I realized from being over there that, like, the America is much more of a capitalistic society mm. than the rest of the world. How so? Um, in terms of the fact that if you look at a couple of different ways, if you look at from in America, you graduate high school, you go to college, your immediate goal is, like, if, you, if you're coming out of college, and all your, you go I was like, why don't I got a job? All my friends got a job. Whereas like historically in Europe, even before you get to college or you graduate, you take a year off and you go travel the world. So you got to be able to have the financial means, but you take off and travel the world. Then you figure it out. Two, think about what's the standard PTO you get if you got 95, 14 days, right? How many people do you know don't use all 14 days? Most. Most don't. And if, and if you did right now, if you went to your boss and like, hey, I want to use all these two weeks in a row, they're going to look at you crazy. They're like, what you mean you want to use all 14 days in a row? They bet you do one day here, half a day here, because you got to go to the dentist. Like, that, that should be dentist time. That shouldn't be PTO time. Whereas you can Europe, they have holiday. Where you literally have to take four to six weeks off. You have to take it. And they literally go on holiday, right? So, and that's because we live in a very capitalistic society. Mm -hmm. To your point, the pie in the sky is seven figures, seven yeah. figures, seven figures. In Europe, not even just Europe, the rest of the world, especially Europe and Latin America, is not as driven like that. Yes, obviously they are, like if you go to France specifically, they're a Western society and they, people do want to make money. But that goal of money, 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 work, 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 is not the same mentality that they have. Heck, honestly, like even if you think about it, why you think they drink wine mm -hmm. so much? They be chilling. Like, look, they be chilling. Like they have, if you, all their brasseries have corner stores and you can sit outside and they're hanging out. You go over there, people are literally hanging out in the park. If you look at from the aspect of, I think it's a rule that like, even after 6.30, the government passed the rule that like, you don't legally have to respond to emails, right? Because it's like, they don't, you, you work, you time off. Like you're not, in, you're not working. Like you can, you can, if you want to, but legally you don't have to respond to this email. And that's what, to your point, America, like, it's the pie in the sky is seven figures and you will wear yourself out trying to get that versus quantifying what else. Cause America abundance mm -hmm. is financial success. Abundance can be whatever you want it to be. Abundance can be the moment you have it right now with your kids and your yeah. God kids. That's abundance. 
right? Abundance could be the relationship mm-hmm. you have with your husband. Abundance could be the relationship you have with yourself, right? Abundance is what you quantify it to be. Oftentimes in America, we don't enable ourselves and empower each other, empower each other to tell us like, I feel well, I feel happy, I feel successful because it's like, oh, you haven't done this, yeah. so you're not successful. Oh, that was so good. So you're going to France. still look on the bright side though. Yes, this is a great way to look on the bright side. You're going to France for an entire month and that's going to be an exciting um, time for you. Is that going to also coincide with the trips to Africa? Yep. So since you'll be there. You smart, you smart. Yeah. So after that, (laughs) I go to France for a month and then I have a wedding in Athens, Greece on July 3rd. Mm. Uh, So I'm going to fly to France, to Greece, bounce around the islands for a week, about four or five days, and then head to Ghana, Nigeria, um, and close out July over there. So I'll be on that side of the world. Uh, To your point, like, it's free. Like, I don't have to do that. I'm choosing to do that. Right? And to your point, that's because that's what I want to do for my own self-discovery, my own journey. Mm. This is awesome. I hope that this conversation inspires other people to visit the other side of the world. I've traveled a lot, but going to the the other continents, that's not something that I've really done. I've been to to London one time, but it was such a quick trip that I can't even tell you what I really did. Um, But I mainly go to the Caribbean islands. I've just, I just haven't ventured over there that much, but I want to. So I hope this inspires other people to visit and see what it's like on that side of the world. And maybe France is in the cards for some of us in the near future. I would love to know what is your biggest win? Ooh, uh, I was recently named godfather to my friend Shannon's uh son shannon jr um that was a big win for me because it signified how far i've grown as a person uh being frank and realistic uh probably about you know five six seven years ago i wouldn't have been in a place financially emotionally spiritually mentally to be for somebody to bestow that honor upon me Mm -hmm. Uh, but for somebody to view me in the light to say hey i want you to be my son's godfather that means that they view me in a light to where right now that if something happened to him and his him and his wife that they believe that i'm the person that they want to take care of their child not only believe not only believe that i'm capable that i they know i will do everything to take care of to support that child financially emotionally spiritually to raise them in the same values that he holds, not just in the values which I hold and the values that he holds. So I would say that's the biggest win that I've had because that is an honor that I don't take lightly. Um, I think obviously, you know, in the black community, godfathers and godmothers is actually an important thing. Like, you know, some some community, they're like, oh, I just my sister do it. But ah, your sister might not be the best person. <laughs> they be the godfather, the god, the godmother for your child, right? So, uh, well, for me, no, that was that was a big win and something I'm really proud of. That is really sweet. Um, it, I, I'm actually here with my godchildren today. So I know the feeling of being asked to be the godparent to someone's child. It is really rewarding. And I, I totally get the feeling. So Evan, thank you so much for a wonderful interview. Um, It's been great chatting with you, learning about your mission, about the Black menswear program and the mission that you have there, and learning more about just how overall you're thinking about business, thinking about the community and abundant thinking and some of the practices that you have right now as well. 
Now I know you guys are going to have a lot to say about this discussion, and I just cannot wait to hear what you say. I'm looking forward to reading your tweets and Instagram posts and IG stories. Be sure to tag me. I'm at Janelle B. Stewart everywhere. If you love this podcast, here's three simple ways you can support it. Leave me a review. It's free, and your reviews help to improve my podcast ranking on Apple Podcasts. Next, share this podcast with others. Also free and easy to do with the click of a button on your mobile phone. And lastly, become a patron and support this podcast so that it can continue to grow and help others live more abundantly. With that, I hope you all have a great week. And as always, I love you for listening. Bye.